This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, Episode 190, Iteration, Irritation. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. Strangers and aliens. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that He created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens podcast. Welcome, everybody, to Strangers and Aliens. I am Steve MacDonald, one of your three hosts. We have two of them here today. The other one, uh, Ben Avery, is not here today, but we do have Evan David. Hello, it's me, Evan David. I'm here. <laughs> Doing one of his voices again. That's um, my It's my new, uh, what do you call it? My new moniker is, I think I'm going to go with is Enigmatic Evan. Um, I'm mysterious. I don't think that's going to work. You don't know what I'm going to do. Well, we know that. That's a given. <clears throat> but anyway, this is the <laughs> podcast that uh, um, examines pop culture from a Christian viewpoint and uh, tries to find that those places where they intersect best. And uh, tonight we are talking about a, a uh, interesting topic, an interesting topic, I guess, is mm-hmm. more accurate. And we are looking at iterations of of characters and it could be teams and it could be even something that's not human Um, but iterations of things in uh, pop culture that are an irritation to us they are something that we liked it and now because of something we don't like it and specifically it's characters uh and people i guess not it wouldn't be like a whole series we're saying this about, but just a a character in a series. It could be a book, it could be in a comic, it could be in a TV show, it could be in a movie, movie mm-hmm. old time radio. Yes, and it could be ancient literature. Yeah, probably anything. Literature. Probably anything fictional. Anything fictional is free game here. Um, video games, iPhone apps, what have you. So. <laughs> The yeah, I think really, you know, Donkey Microsoft Kong Jr. was really a big mistake, and the whole, you know, having a Donkey Kong Jr. when you really haven't established the, the the family connections that Donkey Kong has. I mean, it's just, it's just, I, I don't know where they were going there. Hey, that counts. <laughs> <laughs> I like Donkey Kong Jr. I have actually not played Donkey Kong Jr. Loser. Anyway, is uh, that so, the same as Diddy Kong? He's not the same as Diddy Kong, is he? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, someone could correct me there and say yes, but I mean, uh, Donkey Kong Jr. came out when I was a kid, or actually more almost in my 20s. That's the one where you're saving Donkey Kong from Mario, right? Um, I forget. I think I think you're saving 
Donkey Kong from Mario, but it's 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 Donkey. It's a little monkey, and you're doing you know similar things that you would have done in Donkey Kong. Why are we talking about Donkey Kong? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, All right, some, this is something for the uh, the the cutting room floor. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're gonna start. Um, I think I'm gonna start um, with with something that it's it's sort of it's sort of close to me. Okay. And it's it's interesting because growing up, I never really liked this character. Didn't get into him. Didn't really read the stuff that he was the, the, a part of the team on. But he was this iconic character. So it's not like you could you could you know exist in the Marvel universe and not know who Thor was. I mean, you knew who he was. Uh, you know, one of the Avengers. I mean, like the reason for the Avengers. You know. So we're talking uh, about Thor. We're talking about Thor. Okay. And didn't really I, when I was a kid. I didn't get into the the Jack Kirby stuff, the older stuff. I've, I've got a, an appreciation for it now. Um, but Thor, for whatever reason, was going through. A period where it was just bland um you know one issue comics nothing fantastic about it uh you know he wasn't if you look in chronological lists of stuff he wasn't crossing over into a lot of comics because his, his character wasn't very popular and then thor 337 beta ray bill comes in all of a sudden you have fantasy and science fiction and superheroes and end of the world stuff and all this walt simonson taking norse mythology jamming it into the marvel universe making it work and running all the way to the end and i'm not going to ruin it if you haven't read this series it is seminal go and get it and read the walt simonson Thor. It is absolutely fantastic, especially, uh, especially. I, I, I almost stopped to say, stop saying especially because it's. I don't. I don't. But anyway, the last issue is something to experience, and I don't want to ruin it. So, read your way through it. Don't just jump to the last issue. It is absolutely fantastic. Um, after Walt Simonson's run on Thor. It, it went back to this sort of, you know, they wanted to build on what Walt Simonson did and it just, it wasn't Walt Simonson. Walt Simonson had a vision that he was, he was going to do, I think 12 or 13 uh, issues. I think he was going to go up to 350 and then they said, you know what, this is really connecting with people. People are really digging this and Walt Simon said, well, okay, you know, if, if I can stagger it a little bit, if you can give me, you know, a couple of fill-in issues here and there, you know, I think I can do this because he was doing the writing, he was doing the art, oh, wow. and I think he was doing some other stuff at the same time. Um, I don't know exactly, but he was able to make this thing that, at least for a short time, it was, it was carrying Marvel continuity on its back, and... You know, when the cask of ancient winters was opened up and winter was covering the entire globe, Spider-Man was experiencing that in New York City and Kitty Pride and Wolverine were experiencing that in Japan. And, you know, it was like, where did this snow come from? You know, oh, I guess we're experiencing a, a late winter storm or something like that. No, it was the cask of ancient winters opened in Thor and it was covering the entire globe. So, you know, it was this thing that was 
it was in all these other comic books because it had to be because of the continuity. And it was it was amazing how he got Norse mythology into there, the, the star spanning stuff with Beta Ray Bill. And so, so you're you're upset that the quality of the stories declined after this. Yes, after this, it just was not the Thor that I was reading previously. Okay. And it just sort of... And I collected, I don't know, maybe like two years worth after that. And it was just like... <sighs> after that, I was just like, you know, I got up to issue 400. And, you know, a couple issues after that. And I'm like, no, no, I'm done. Okay, okay. <laughs> so that's really the fault of the writer, but not Thor as a character. I mean, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, the, Thor as a character was was edited by the same bunch of people, so this is where they projected the character to go. Right, right, right. But so the the other Marvel character that kind of spawned this conversation that we're having and the idea for this episode mm-hmm. um, would be Captain America. And That's right. You wanted to start with that, didn't you? Well... I just, I good, just it's a good segue. Marvel I just characters. jumped on top of it. It's a good segue. Hey, and as always, with Ben not here, you know, we're free to edit the episode. You know, if we make a mistake, it'll, it'll be like it never happened. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about doing a bunch of editing behind Ben's back. He'll never know. Once was fine, but let's not make it a habit. I like editing, Steve. What is that? Oh, I think you know what this is. You know how I feel about Star Wars. What are you gonna do about it? This! Ha! What was that, a phaser? Was it set to dumb? You're making me angry, Kevin. Oh, I might need a bigger lightsaber. So anyway, what were we talking about? Captain America. Yeah, if you listeners recently. don't know yet, spoiler alert, Captain America has has they've dropped a bombshell. And okay, so if let's forget that there's writers. Okay. <laughs> just let's, pretend like this character exists yeah, in real time. Yeah, that, that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking here. So just pr- pretend that this character exists, he's making his own decisions. Right. This is kind of what spurred on this conversation is which characters in fiction, any fiction, did you love? Did you connect with? Did you, I mean, were just your your guy, your girl, whatever. And then all of a sudden, for no reason, in complete disregard to what had gone before, did they turn on a dime and now they're, they're suddenly part of Hydra? <laughs> yeah. Which is, spoiler alert, what Captain America has done. It blew up the internet. It's been going on for a couple weeks now. Captain America. Yeah, he's he's come out and said, "I've I'm Hydra. I've been part of Hydra all the time. The mm-hmm. entire time you have known me as a superhero, I was actually just a double agent for Hydra." Right. Yeah. Every- just like just like Joe Simon and Jack Kirby in, insisted on on you know putting into the character back in the 1940s. Yeah. Yeah. So every 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 time you've read a Captain America comic or a comic with Captain America in it, he has been a Hydra agent. Is what right. they're saying now. And so, Steve, what, like, I don't want us to focus too much on this for this episode, but what are you, what is your, what are your feelings towards this just with Captain America? Well, 
it's actually twofold because the Captain America is a very specific character outside of the realm of other characters in the Marvel Universe because he literally brought hope to real human being soldiers fighting a real war mm-hmm. in World War II. You know, Superman did it in, in a sense in, on, in the DC part of the world, but Captain America, you know, and he's singular because it wasn't the Human Torch, it wasn't Submariner, it wasn't these other characters who were around at that time who actually have uh, versions of them nowadays. It was it was Captain America. He America is in his name, so you know he's punching Hitler in the in the face, and you're like, I can I can get with this character because he has the same mentality as me, and he actually brought actual hope to actual real heroes world war ii heroes in an actual real american war Mm -hmm. world war ii so when you take something like that and then just you know throw it in the 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 mud and ruin it just run it over and say this was something completely different and that is it's taking something that meant something in a real world sense to someone and and saying that that didn't happen and w- sort of ruining that whole thing. There are people alive today that fought in World War II. And I don't know how many of them still read Captain America comic books, but I don't think any of them would be very happy, very, be very happy about that. In another sense, it's just another thing that they're doing to a fictional character. Right. Like, you know, forgive me, Evan, like the death of Superman. Mm-hmm. It didn't fool me. I knew he was coming back. You know, uh, you know, Batman breaks his back. Well, guess what? All it takes is a you know well placed punch in the back, and your your back is is not broken anymore. <laughs> you know, things like that where it's like, I mean, even Bucky has come back. Mm-hmm. You know, so when Bucky came back, I was sort of like, all right, you know, there's no, there's nothing definite in the Marvel universe. Anything can happen at any time, and it doesn't matter. Bucky had been dead for 60 years and now they bring him back. And you know, a lot of people like that. A lot of people like the winter, winter soldier stuff and all that stuff. But growing up knowing that Bucky was dead and that he was going to stay dead and that it was this constant in the Marvel universe that you knew without a doubt, the one constant was that Bucky, the super, the hero, I don't know how super he was, but the hero was dead and was going to stay dead. And that told you, reading any single comic book in the Marvel Universe, that there is real death here. You know, Phoenix comes back. She has this wonderful story arc where she comes back and it gets a little convoluted. But, you know, and then Elektra comes back. And then, you know, all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a minute. I remember that uh, Doctor Strange comic book where the entire universe was recreated. So everyone has died at least once. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. It's not special that there's death. You know, all of a sudden the, the, the Phoenix stuff, is it it's tainted. Everything is tainted. And Bucky was that constant. And then, you know, they, they bring him back. He was... She's never dead in the first place. Right. So it's just another gimmick to get you to sell or to right. buy right. comic books. Yeah. 
pretty much. And yeah, it doesn't it doesn't get me anymore. I don't buy the, you know, the 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 new DC universe that comes out every five years, or the the, you know, the recreated uh, Marvel universe that comes out every couple of years. I don't buy it anymore. It, it's yeah. just it's I've seen it too many times now. So yeah, and you know. <sighs> It is just another gimmick. You know that somehow, some way, they're gonna fix it and retcon it and and make it all make sense. But in in the doing of this, it does muddy the character, mm-hmm. and it does kind of taint. You know, your. I mean, it, once again, this is these are comic book characters. So in the grand scheme of things, it's not really that important. But you know, if you're if you're if you've grown up with this character, if he was your childhood hero, you know, in some way, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna keep current with his stories and you're gonna, you know, keep going along with it, in some way, you've gotta you've gotta somehow reconcile this in your mind, and it kind of does muddy the waters of of this character and who they are. So it it really does, you know, it could it has the potential to bug people. Now, some people are like really wigging out about it and like i guess sending marvel death threats or something probably i didn't hear about Who that knows? I, it, I really haven't been following it because it was just sort of like well some yeah i don't know if that's true or not um but i mean people are people are wigging out on the internet and to a degree that's not probably healthy <laughs> so so in the grand scheme of things yeah but you know as people who enjoy fiction and comic books and all that it is kind of a bummer when this sort of thing happens. So, yeah, like, like we said, we've got we've got a, a list of people here that we we thought of um, iterations of these characters or choices that these characters made and they were forced to make by the writers who write them, and it it just kind of bugged us. Uh, one for me, okay. I'll, I'll start here with a small one, okay. And now I've got I've got stuff from. You know, comic books. I've got stuff from uh, a movie, book series, uh, uh, but most of it's from comic books because I feel like this sort of thing happens in comic books more often because the characters just keep going. Mm-hmm. They just keep going and going from month to month to month, and you have to keep making up new content. Whereas, like a movie, I mean, maybe the character appears in three movies. Right. How much drastic change? can happen, you know, to a character. A change can happen. It can, it can. Yeah. But and it could be change that you don't like, but I'm saying it as it's for me, it's been far more frequent in comics just because they keep going. Mm-hmm. So like I grew up, one of my favorite superheroes growing up was Impulse, uh Bart Allen, who is the Flash's uh grandson, Barry Allen's grandson. And he was a teenage superhero when I was growing up and I was like in middle school, he was in middle school, so I I really connected to the character, mm-hmm. kind of grew up together, sort of thing, and uh, he he was just hilarious. He's funny, he's scatterbrained. He's from the future. He comes back in time, and so he's a lot like you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that happened to me. You know, he was raised in a virtual reality environment, yeah, acceler- like accelerated aging. Yep. Yep. yep, busted out by his you know grandmother and sent to the past. So, um, we share we have a lot in common. Um. <laughs> but anyway, I loved his comics. I collected his series, um, and he was in my favorite team series growing up. And my first comic book I ever collected, I think, which was Young Justice, and he was one of the founding members of that group. 
And so I just really liked him. And then uh, Young Justice broke up, and they switched him over to the Teen Titans. And so when they did that, they made a couple of changes to the character. One change was they they had him fill the mantle of Kid Flash, which when they first did that, I was kind of peeved because I had no idea who Kid Flash was. I had no idea he had all this history behind him and all this stuff. I just thought, oh, they're changing his costume. They're changing his name. He's not Impulse anymore. That's lame. I don't like that. <laughs> and then they, they made him a little less scatterbrained uh, also. But in retrospect, now that I'm older and I see all this stuff, I actually like it. I'm okay with it. But at the time, it was one of those changes that I'm like, man, they're wrecking one of my favorite characters of all time. This is terrible. They don't know what they're doing. So <laughs> simple as a costume change and a team change and and uh, a guy trying to better himself by being a little smarter, a little less scatterbrained. But yeah, I, like I said, I'm okay with it now. But I just, I'll, st- I'll start out with that. There you go. Uh, and just say that so all right steve what else you got yeah well i i started with with thor and i don't think we have to rehash that Mm -hmm. anymore um but i think you know in in a movie sense you know you you see especially when you have a first movie that it's not uh, you know, just starting out as part of a trilogy or it's not starting out as a series. It's just a movie. And then it gets more, you know, more, more popular in, in the, the culture or whatever. And then they start, you know, thinking, well, how can we make this into a series? How can we take this and, and run with it? And, um, I think, uh, in a, in a series, you know, something that, that just watered down the original, to me and i know there's i mean there's there's good movies in the series but it's just when when alien became aliens and all of a sudden you had you know it it to me the whole concept of alien was visceral it was real i mean you were inside the ship they were just talking around the table they were just you know just saying stuff and hey i want you know, a bigger piece of the, the pie when, when we get done with this thing. And, and, you know, they're just, they're just John and, and having fun. And, and all of a sudden stuff is happening and you're, you're right in there. And it's, it's this closed quarters thing. You're on the ship and you can't get away from it. And you, you know, what is this thing? It, it bleeds acid and everything. And, and then taking that and making it into aliens and then alien three and then alien, you know, all the different, uh, versions they have now it really lost that sense of being in the closed quarters you know of of that that ship mm-hmm. you know the the nostromo and to me it just it didn't match it none of the other ones it, it was less a horror movie in space and more a science fiction you know us versus them type of a thing um, you know, something that, that worked uh, in, uh, in a modern version of this uh, was um, that movie where, <laughs> where I'm, I'm losing the sensory. Uh, 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 <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm really knocking it out of the park. Is it an alien movie? Cloverfield. Cloverfield. Okay. Okay. And you have Cloverfield and then you have Cloverfield 2 or uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, I think it was. Mm. 
two completely different movies in the same universe. One of them, you know, found footage and the other one is this, it's, it's filmed. It's, you know, scripted. It's, it's paced. It has all this stuff, but it's just a completely different sense than the first one, but not in a bad way. Mm. It's not, it's, it works well because it's different than the found footage. You you can only have so many found footage, you know, things in the, yeah. in the series, and uh, it, it just doesn't start to starts not to work. But you know, it it worked in that sense with Alien to Aliens, and then the series. I think it lost the sense of horror movie in space and went more to, you know, science fiction. We're going to fight the aliens type of a thing. You know. Okay. So. To me, that's that was that was the turn. Okay, um, I've got another one here, and this mm-hmm. is and this is more along the lines of what you're mentioning here with the the series, kind of, or it's not necessarily a character, but it's more of the the iteration of this of this intellectual property was handled poorly, in my opinion, Uh-oh. and that would be Dragon Ball Evolution, the live action Fox 20th century Fox film, which is supposedly based on the dragon ball manga and anime series. Now, are you familiar with dragon ball at all, Steve? Um, to me, dragon ball was a Pokemon ripoff. Okay. All I know that would be incorrect actually, (laughs) but I, I'm just going to keep going. We could, this is, we could do a whole episode on this dragon ball Z is to me as Battle of the Planets is to Ben Avery. Um, okay. Every day, coming home, every single day, Yeah. five o'clock after school, you go sit down and you watch Dragon Ball Z, and it's a new episode, like every day. Mm-hmm. And I I was more into that, I think, than Superman uh, for a time. Yeah, for a time in my childhood. So that was, it's a pretty, pretty big deal. So I'm a, I'm a big fan. I, I have mixed feelings about it currently because of all that, the magical stuff inside of it. But uh, there's always going to be a soft spot in my heart for that thing because mm-hmm. those were my, those were my superheroes. The movie version, <laughs> me and my friends decided to just be dumb and go see that for my 18th birthday. <laughs> Why was that dumb? Because just based on the trailer, you're like you're kind of hoping it might sort of maybe be good, but okay. deep in your heart you know, you know it's not going to be good. <laughs> you right. you know it's not going to be anything like the show, and it it just was not good. I mean every it, they watered it down so much, they Americanized it. They like you know when they try to take the source material and just MCU it. And they try to kind of explain it away in a different way that makes a little bit more sense. Is but, that is that what the verb MCU means? Yeah, it, that's what they use on uh, Welcome to Level Seven with uh, with. Oh, okay. That's what they say. Got you know, it. if you if you MCU Doctor Strange, he's not actually magical. Got he it. just has the ability to tap into interdimensional energy. Right. right. Um. So that's what they kind of try to do with this, and it's just awful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because in the show, in the show, right, they can shoot energy blasts and stuff, you know, and it's it's 
kind of like they can shoot like Cyclops's eye beams from their hands, you know, and that's that's the big thing. That's one of their main implements of how they fight. Okay. Um, and in this, they've changed the energy blasts to like misty uh, water balloon. Like you're throwing a water balloon at somebody, but it's made of mist and it's going to hurt you. Okay. And it just really just took took everything that made the series good and just it was there in name only. And okay. uh, and and nothing else. So it was it was very disappointing. Um, they did do a good job with the bad guy's makeup. He kind of looked like the bad guy from the show. So. It was that, and the actor who played him. The actor who played him is a good actor, James Marsters. He played uh, Brainiac on Smallville, and he was in Buffy mm-hmm. the Vampire Slayer. And yeah, he was good. But other than that, yeah, I was very disappointed. Could have done it way better. Okay, good, cool. Yeah, that's my that's my two cents on that. That's that's a sad thing when they take something and eviscerated i sort of have like the a backwards version of that uh with battle of the planets okay i i grew up watching battle of the planets they they were you know a superhero team um yes science ninja team really Mm -hmm. and it was just this this cool group and it was it was episodic and you know i you could almost sense that there was something else going on and there were some some things that were a little serial to it that you weren't, I mean, maybe just me as a kid, I wasn't picking up on because, you know, oh, look, there's Seven Zark Seven. He's kind of cool, like R2-D2. No. Um, in the original, in Gachaman, mm-hmm. it's much more serial. It's much more this sweeping epic, this drama that builds up over a hundred episodes and and has resolution and you know they did a, a gachaman 2 and stuff like that but if you just look at it, what they used to make battle of the planets that just first run of gachaman you you don't get the whole sense of what's going on because of the way that it's just watered down for american audiences mm-hmm. so i sort of had the, the reverse i'm like i wish i had had gachaman back when i was a kid i mean uh, you know i'm, I'm watching it with subtitles and, and, you know, trying to figure out it's all Japanese and everything. So it would have been much more difficult, but if they had just taken this and made that into battle of the planets, I would have enjoyed it even more. And I'm sort of like, man, you know, I feel like I, I want to enjoy the other thing. But yeah. is that because of censorship and all that? Like um, transferring it to the, to an American audience? I think what it was is that I think in, in Japan, the episodes are closer to 30 minutes and they wanted to take out, uh, some of the violence. You okay. know, sometimes when people hit people, there's blood mm-hmm. coming out of their mouth and stuff and they, you know, kill people to get to the next point or whatever. Um, and then they had to edit that out, but then they still had time to kill. So they had to sort of animate these new things with, <laughs> Uh, seven zark seven and, and like you know everything is like the, the they destroy an entire city but you know oh luckily everyone got out you know, right yeah right we have evacuated the whole city you know and they seconds. did that with uh they did that with dragon ball z too heavily yeah. heavily censored for 
uh, and edited for its first yeah. time airing in the United States. Yeah, it's like you know, G.I. Joe when everyone has a parachute. It's like everything's getting destroyed and everything. Everyone's got a parachute. Everyone survives. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I sort of wish I had seen Gatchaman, and that's sort of in, in a roundabout, backwards way than what we're thinking. But it's still an iteration that irritates me. <laughs> Gatchaman is or. Or Battle of the Planets is well not Battle of the Planets is okay because you know that you know the original now yeah gotcha and I I sort of want to show my kids Battle of the Planets because it meant that much to me but at the same time I'm you know when I do show it to them and they giggle at it or something I'm like yeah I know I know that's it's not like that in the original <laughs> they're like but the original is in Japanese and I'm like yeah and have they not dubbed well. it. I haven't found a dub yet. I'm, I'm sure they have. Okay. But I haven't. I haven't looked that hard because I was able to find the the Japanese. I think it was on Hulu. Okay. Um. So it wasn't a big deal for me. I feel like I I can't move on without without discussing a little bit that and just just mentioning that Pokemon is definitely not a or Dragon Ball Z is definitely not a Pokemon ripoff. Just, okay. Just gotta say that. Like, I think I just in, encountered Pokemon first, gotcha. and then I encountered Dragon Ball, and it was similar enough, and I didn't care about either of them to right. the point where I needed to learn any more than they were similar, and one seemed to come before the other. That's well, all. it's definitely the other way around, for sure, because Pokemon was so like... Say. No, it definitely is. Pokemon's mm-hmm. like 1990, 1992, maybe. Maybe it was 1995. And Dragon Ball, that's like 1985, or earlier, I can't remember. If you say so, I do. I say so. Just wanna, just wanna throw that out there in case there's any anime enthusiasts listening, they're gonna be, they're gonna be unhappy with that comment. So I just, I just felt like I needed to say. Well, something. thank you. And I don't mean to sound like an idiot or sound no, it's fair about it. I just, I have no. I've never watched an episode of either one. I don't think all the way through. And I, I'm not an, I'm not an anime fan. Why? Well, I'm not. I'm not. I don't go out and watch anime. It's not just not what I look for. But I I grew up with Dragon Ball Z. I grew up with Pokemon, and obviously I I love uh, Miyazaki stuff. But other than that, I really don't I don't delve too deep into to anime at all. So mm-hmm. I'm not that knowledgeable. I just am knowledgeable about those shows. Um. All right. So do you was that your next one was uh was Battle of the Planets. Yeah, sure. You can do the next one. All right. I'm just going to go with uh, Superman from the New 52. Okay. As you guys know, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, Superman is my favorite superhero. Nay, not just my favorite superhero, but my favorite fictional character of all time. Wow. Yes. So don't mess with him, okay? <laughs> DC Comics just your formula has somehow worked for 75 years and you want to change it you know what happened when Coca-Cola did that don't you in the 80s they tried new Coke I was there man and everybody hated it people were in the south were buying Coca-Cola from the store for the sole purpose of dumping it out in the streets I don't know about that but no they were I know what people did do as well is right before they said that there was not going to be any more of the original Coke, people were buying crates and, and, and pallets of this stuff because they did not want to give it up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was, it was 
one of those things to, to I mean, you probably didn't live through it. So I did. I, I, I got to go it. to I got to go to the Coca-Cola uh, Museum in Atlanta where they make Coca-Cola mm-hmm. and they had a whole mini documentary about it. I read the, the full Wikipedia article. I lived through it. <laughs> I know people were were buying them from overseas and having them because it hadn't been implemented over in Europe yet. So they were buying original Coke from overseas and having it imported. And the thing about them buying it to dump it out in the streets is true. Um, in in the South, they were doing that. I don't know if it was widespread, but it happened. Um, but anyway, back to Superman, not Coke. <laughs> that that could that could be a thing we talk about though. If you're if there's a brand that you just love. Yeah. And actually, I have one. I'll save it for maybe the post credit. I have a brand that they changed it on me, and now I'm mad. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, Superman New Fifty Two. The Flashpoint happened, and they decided this is our opportunity to make Superman cool. We're gonna retcon everything. We're gonna. He's not married to Lois Lane anymore. That never happened. He's younger. Ma and Pa Kent are both dead. <laughs> and yeah. Now he's like kind of an edgier vigilante type guy starting out, and he's wearing a t-shirt and a cape and jeans rolled up, and it looks really stupid, but it's cool, and we're going to give him a cooler costume, and everybody's going to love it, and we're going to give him a relationship with Wonder Woman, and he's going to be he's gonna quit the Daily Planet and go out on his own and be a blogger, and yeah, yeah. Lame. Pretty much everything I just said is true, and it's all the things that I don't like about what they did. Lame. Um, I love Superman uh, from you know post crisis to pre Flashpoint, and because he he gets married to Lois Lane, um, as far as we know, as depicted in the pages of the comics, it was a virtuous. You know, he's a virtuous guy. No no premarital stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. Gets married. Um, living living the dream uh what else he oh and one of the like people say superman is is so unrelatable as a character and i 100 percent disagree because one of the things that i love about superman that pretty much no other superhero has this when he has got a trouble when he's got a conundrum that he can't solve where does he go to he goes to pa kent and they stand outside the house under that tree and they look at the sunset <laughs> over the wheat fields and they talk about life and he gets advice from his dad yeah, or his mom on the porch swing and she makes him a pie. And, or I don't know if this still happens or he would go to the the Fortress of Solitude and, and talk to the, you know, the, the thing that contains the memory of his dad. That would happen a lot in the movies. That didn't happen much in the in the comics, okay. Okay. Um, at least not until I think the mid 2000s. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean that to me is absolutely totally relatable. And you know, not I mean as to me that's what I do. I go talk to my parents and if even if you don't have parents but you're a Christian, I mean that is some that's like, you know, you don't know where to turn. Where are you where are you going to turn to? You talk to your heavenly father if you don't have an actual father to turn to. Mm-hmm. And man, it's just so good, so relatable. Because Superman, most of all his struggles, they're they're emotional, they are internal, and that is something that we can all relate to. And to take away to take away Pa Kent is one thing, but to take away both Ma and Pa Kent, that's a that's a that's a 
Yeah, it's a big loss. Yeah, and they were they were great characters. They were great additions to his cast. And then you don't have him with Lois Lane anymore. You have him with Wonder Woman, a person who's just like him, and is they're now they're they're both kind of like over here in this weird god relationship, like quote unquote god. They're they're both like Greek gods sort of thing with the, all the powers and abilities they have, and it's just mm-hmm. <sighs> to me it takes away a lot of what makes Superman. Superman. Yeah. And so when they did all that, I, I stopped reading Superman comics. Like I would, I would buy graphic novels of Superman, but I, I, I've only picked up one new 52 Superman graphic novel that I enjoyed. Um, and I was still kind of like, eh, he's not really Superman. He's kind of like this wannabe Superman. Uh, he's a little bit removed from who Superman should be, but it was a, it was an interesting story. So yeah, whatever. Um, the one thing, there is one thing that I have liked about Superman in the New 52, and that is that he finally told Jimmy Olsen his uh, secret. What's his secret? That he's Clark Kent. What? Yeah. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. we got to put a spoiler on this. You can't just say that. Wait a minute. Well, that's it's it's been like a year or two since he oh. did that. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So people out there might, might already know that Superman is, who is it against? Clark Clark Kent. Clark, okay. Yeah. It's been a year or two since the world found out that, you know, he's got a secret identity. So. All right, cool. I don't I don't I don't want to be the one to have to drop that bomb on somebody. Oh well sorry if I spoiled it for you guys. Um that was close. Yeah. Well good thing we can edit this just in case. Absolutely. So all right. Um So yeah, that's uh that's I've said my piece. <laughs> but oh, and for the record, I am now collecting superman comics again because now they have retconned new 52 superman and they have brought back real superman <laughs> from my childhood he's the same character on the same storyline and they've brought him back in the new dc rebirth if you're buying those issues that's, i am because that's they've brought him back yeah and he's married to lois and they've had a kid it's awesome is it a super kid it is actually I shouldn't have said that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, I think anyone could guess that it might be a super kid. I just guessed. So Yeah. Yep. There you go. All right. All right. I think I'm going to go with someone else who is iconic, but from the Marvel Universe this time. Not, right. not Captain America, but you know this well-loved character who people were like, oh, the mystery behind this character. And, you know, because his mind had been played with and his body had been altered and and you never knew it was, you know, you kept finding out little things about his past and you're trying to put it together. And, it was you know, a Wolverine. It was Wolverine. <laughs> and finally, you know, they, they put out these these comics, which, you know, tells the history, the real history of Wolverine. And and then, you know, a couple of years later, it's, it's not... Not that history. It's something else. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> so are you, are you talking about the origin comic? The, well, it was the uh, – I'm trying to remember what the title was. But they, they put out this four-issue series where they basically collected all the old stories. There's a lot of text. It wasn't a lot of like recreating the actual comic book. It was panels and stuff like that, but a lot of text. And I think it was something like – the history of Wolverine or something, but it was four, like, you know, uh, a bound, uh, soft cover bound, like 48 page, uh, books. And it was just, you know, everything about Wolverine chronologically in order, but it was before 
someone else went and wrote something else that happened before this. So it's sort of like you read these these things that collected everything about Wolverine. You know everything about him. And then someone just comes along and says, nope. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you put out something definitive, let it stay definitive. Right. So is this the... Is this a story where he, they go back to his childhood and they show his like from his birth to like his twenties? Is this that what you're uh, talking about? It might be. It might be the origins one or something like that. That's, okay. I, I didn't follow. I, I, I had stopped following comic books and I had really stopped following Wolverine when this came out. But you, some characters you just you keep finding out about you keep going back and looking at you know wikipedia pages or whatever so it was that type of thing where i just kept you know in in touch with the character and it was just like you know it's, it's just it's it's typical it's just it's it's the captain america thing it's it's superman it's batman every every 20 years every now 10 years or five years or whatever they're just going to change it you know and i sort of got a piece about it with older characters like Superman, Batman, Captain America, people like that, because at some point they keep the core of the character or they should, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's why this, this Captain America thing sort of rankles a little bit, but if, if they keep the core of the character and they just recreate it for a new audience, I don't mind that, you know, the X-Men movies came out and it was, uh, Xavier finding Wolverine and Storm and Colossus and people like that. And you're like, wait a minute, that's not who he found first. You know, oh, yes, there's Cyclops and, and there's you know a couple of the other ones, but it's not the way it is in the comic books. Why don't you just do it in the... You can't have that sense. You right. just have to say, you know what? It's, an, it's a retelling of a myth. Mm-hmm. And it's retelling the myth in a new way and it's for a new audience. If it's not for me, I just move on. Superman, same thing. It's a myth. Yeah. So they recreate it. If it's not for me, you move on. As long as they keep the core of the character, it's not that bad. You know, it, it, I can I can understand it and sometimes even enjoy it for what it is. See, yeah, and I and I can deal with that in a movie or a, like a standalone story type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my problem with the new Fifty Two Superman is that's your main continuity, and you have in universe caused the flash to go back in time and change time so that all the stories that i've read right from my childhood up till this point in universe you have erased them from ever happening right which is awful yeah. but but now they have gone back and said okay somehow superman and lois and and their child has survived and it's continuing on that story. So that's pretty cool. I like that right. they did that. Um, okay. You ready to get controversial, Steve? Uh-oh. I got one here that may, that may or may not be controversial. Uh, Depending on uh, what you believe. Really, I mean, do we really want to do this? Let's do it. I'm going to do it. Okay. All right. It's up to you, man. All right. So... I don't know if you or the listeners are familiar with Avatar The Last Airbender. I am familiar with it, but I've never seen it. Uh, Incredible television show. I've heard. Absolutely incredible. Everything from the writing to the animation, pacing, Mm -hmm. everything. 
It is incredible. Three seasons. The sequel show to Avatar The Last Airbender is set, I think, like 100 years. Maybe maybe not 100 years. Maybe like 75 years or so after, after the end of the first show. And it's about the next Avatar who – basically the Avatar is like the – guardian of the world and they have the ability to bend all four elements water earth fire air whatever the, and uh so the the first avatar or the avatar in the first show was a boy named ang and he's really cool and funny and then you have this next one is a is a girl and it was a, also a good show um build a lot more mature themes in this one and dealing with uh you know, some really cool like parallels to history and kept the kept the funny kept the spirit of the show brought it to a just a touch darker just a touch more mature but it was still great um so and it really engages you you really get sucked into the show and you really get invested in these characters okay then we're gonna get controversial maybe you guys know what i'm talking about you're gonna see this coming okay last season Throughout throughout the seasons, you know she's you had the you have it's a teen it's a teen show so you have the awkward tension with the boyfriend and all that and she's dated this one guy and they broke up or whatever. Last episode of the last season, inexplicably, it is revealed that she is now a bisexual character and enters into a relationship with another girl on the show, and they walk off into the quote unquote walk off into the sunset together, holding hands. Dopey. So, this made me physically angry. <laughs> like, I don't remember being this mad about. Like, I was angry. I was, I was, I was. You know, there's nerd rage, and then there's like actual rage. And I was, I was actually really upset for like weeks, for like two weeks. I was upset about this. Wow. And well, and I think there there's a couple reasons why. One was. I just felt utterly and completely betrayed by this television show, which I, you know, the original one, I grew up with that. I was still a teenager when that came out. And man, we, me and my friends, we just loved that show. Me and my sisters would watch it together. Just loved it. And uh, this was the continuation. And I just felt absolutely betrayed by the show. And, you know, the only reason I did was because it goes against my morals and what, you know, God tells me is right, and so you're you're taking the main protagonist, the character of the show, who's everything they're supposed to do. You know, ultimately, in the end, is supposed to be for the greater good, and is supposed to be good and right because they're the hero. Yeah. Um. I mean, they might make mistakes, but by the end of your narrative, right? You know, you should be should be in a good spot, and they're ending it. They're ending it, turning the corner into what God calls sin. Okay, and man, that just bugged me. Number two reason it made me angry is that this is a children's TV show. Mm-hmm. Millions of kids are going to watch this, and it is just affirming to them that this is okay and that this is right and this is normal because the way they brought this in was so subtle. Looking back in on the season, you can see how they're sneaking the hints in, and the character development is so good and by good I mean the excellence with which they write these scripts to get to this point is 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 high. And so 
the the transition into this plot point is done with the utmost of excellence and so it's man it's just so engaging and this is aimed at children yeah and man that just cheesed me off man um so and then i think one more thing i can't remember what i was gonna say (laughs) just thinking about it it just it just made me angry now i i will say okay the homosexuality, bisexual thing, that's a hot topic currently, and it has been for a number of years. Right. And, you know, we on this show, we're Christians, okay? The, Bi- the Bible says that the act of engaging in homosexuality is a sin. Right. Um, we're not saying that if you or people you know struggle with that or have those feelings or temptations, um, that's not necessarily a sin. Um, giving into those things, though, the Bible says it, it would be. Right. Um it says, I mean, it says Christ was tempted in all things yes. by Satan in the wilderness. So he was tempted with homosexuality. So temptation isn't sin. That's and right. We need to understand that when people are struggling with this sin, it's just the same as if they're struggling with the sin of lying or struggling with the sin of idolatry Absolutely. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's something where we as Christians struggle with sin. That's part of our makeup and we're all sinners we're all in the same place we're not saying you need to get right with god so you know anything like that what we're saying is we you and me need to get right with god Mm -hmm. i just happened to do that before this conversation so it's just a beggar who's found out where bread is telling another beggar this is where the bread is. Right. And, you know, some people are, are I will say, predisposed to certain feelings or certain temptations um, just when you're born. I think uh, there's some stuff that can be said about generational sins, you know, things like that. I was definitely uh, predisposed towards the to heterosexual sin. Um uh-huh. And just talking, it's the same thing too. Yeah, talking with my father and grandfather, I see that. Oh wow, okay, it's not just me. It's a, you know, this is something our family, the men in our family, have struggled with, and uh, and I'm I'm not going to deny that you, you know, somebody might be born with that pre predisposition towards that certain tor- sort of sin. What what makes me mad about this is it, it is making it easier for people to give in to those. Uh, wrong desires or or temptations by by seeing this show by seeing this heroine right. who has you know made it through all these things and you've been rooting for her and you've been on her team and you identify so much with her and then you see her take this turn and man it's just blatantly affirming people who would who would feel that way or struggle with that right. and to, to, to give in to that sinful desire. And so, man, that's – and it's aimed at children. So, and, and to recast an entire series in – what was it, the last episode? It, it was the last episode. They finally brought it to fruition. There's very subtle, subtle hints throughout the last season mm-hmm. um, that it's coming. Uh, but, man, I never would have – I think I read a spoiler. I did read a spoiler online before I finished, before I got to that point in the season, and so I was watching out for that stuff. So I was, so I saw it coming. But if I hadn't read that spoiler, I would not have seen it coming. And then in that last, uh, that last shot, man, 
what a shocker. What a stab me in the back. That's what it felt like. So, yeah, and it's it. I can only imagine how disingenuous it feels. How tacked on. But there's the thing. But there's the thing, Steve. Yes, it sort of felt tacked on. But like I said, from a writing perspective, you could tell that this was their plan, and they went about it. You know, if you were rooting for, uh you know, gay rights or whatever, and you had an appreciation for um, stories that were well told to get you to that agenda. I mean, this would be a gold star on your wall. This would be a, this would be a notch on your belt here because the way that they went about it was just really good. Now, from my perspective, it was really bad. Yes. But, but looking, looking at it objectively from a story standpoint... You know what I'm saying. Right. Anyway. All right. What else you got? Well, I think that that's when when they do that to established superheroes or established characters in a series and it's just it's just sort of oh yeah, well we're we need, you know, to have a, a gay presence mm-hmm. on our show or on our on our comic book or whatever. And they just sort of, you know, if it, it's North Star, you know, or Iceman, or, you know, uh, Green Lantern, or something. And it's just sort of like, it's coming out of nowhere, uh, seemingly, except you know where it's coming from. Mm. And they never deal with it as if it was sin, as if it was a problem. It's always just, oh, well, some people are, are gay, and we're just going to tell stories that way but the thing is in real life those life choices have consequences and i don't know of any comic book that's ever really you know taken a character and and shown how these consequences play out in in a real sense Mm -hmm. Um, well they don't they don't necessarily do that either with because because let's be honest in most cases most cases if the if you know a non-Christian person is going to write a te- television show or a story or whatever, mm-hmm. in most cases sin is portrayed in the correct light. It's it's portrayed as bad in the negative light, right. and the consequences you know might you know, th- there are going to be consequences for those actions, but in, with sexual stuff, heterosexual or homosexual, uh, whether or not it's sleeping around uh, a Maybe not adultery, but but then especially the uh, engaging in homosexuality, that is portrayed as good and right. And it's right. you know it's what the Bible I, I think it's in Timothy you know people will people will cheer on those who are doing sinful and wrong things. And that's uh that's what we're getting here, and that's that's why it's 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 very different when it's portrayed in in media to me. Because, you know, some you're gonna have a murderer in media. Well, we know it's wrong and it's portrayed as wrong. Right. Um, but homosexuality is portrayed as as good. So, and the heroes are doing it. Yeah. It's just, and it always seems it's it's almost like you. I mean, me as a Christian, you know, I associate just heterosexuality with these characters because when I grew up 
they were heterosexual. Mm-hmm. It was that's just how it was, and you know they didn't deal with that stuff because comic books, for a large part, is are, are, it's a kids' medium. And how much do you really want to portray that type of stuff in a kids' medium? You know that's why the Submariner wants to marry uh, Susan Richards instead of you know, abducting her and doing whatever he wants to her because he can, because he's the king of Atlantis and he's like a barbarian king. But no, he wants to marry her. And because of that, you raise the level of this literature up a little bit. So it's not just, you know, this is what would happen in real life. You know, you're saying this is sort of an idealized version of real life. So we can get by with saying there's not a lot of references to rape and things like that in comic books. And for a good reason. It's because it's supposed to be idealized. And when that thing happens, it should be really bad. So to introduce any real sexual stuff in a comic book, heterosexual as well, I don't want to see, you know, a captain america in bed with with anybody you know i don't want to see that you know when when you had stuff it was all off panel and you know you you could sort of tell what was happening with with uh, cyclops and marvel girl or phoenix or whatever you could sort of tell but you didn't see anything so at some point your little mind can say well i don't know exactly what they're doing so you know i i don't know so i'll, I'll just err on the side of caution and say that they were kissing or something, <laughs> you know, and you can, you can get past that. But when you have characters who are overtly sexual and heterosexual or homosexual mm. and you're, it's in a comic book and it's in a medium that that's for kids or, you know, a cartoon like, like uh, airbender at some point you're just like, I don't want my kids thinking about this stuff yet i haven't taught them enough for them to put this into into context and i want them to hear it from me and not from this tv show right but now in you know in libraries they have books for kids that are kindergarten level that introduce sexual themes Mm. and most of them are homosexual themes or transgender themes um, to kindergartners. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even get that deep with my kindergartners yet, or my first grader. He's a first grader now. And I'm like, I don't want him to go into the school library and pick up this book and then come home and, and think that it's, it's okay. Uh, But what do I do? Do I, you know, try to find some, Christian literature aimed at kindergartners that talk about homosexuality. I mean, at some level, it, it seems ridiculous that we have to go to this level. But that's the reality of it. Mm. You know, when I when I started reading uh, Alpha Flight, and it showed uh, North Star, and he's you know doing something subversive. You don't know what, and it was always sort of couched in, oh well, you know he's part of the the Canadian underground and you know there's there's something there the political thing and you're like oh okay well it gives this this character a sense of 
you know, intrigue and danger. And, you know, is he going to turn on the team because they're a government team? Who knows? But his sister's on the team. So, you know, it's that sense. And then all of a sudden they're saying, well, I don't know what the actual thought was, but I can only assume they said, you know, hey, if we had a gay character, then people who are part of that community would have something to to rally around, to mm-hmm. support, to, to, to buy our comic books because, hey, there's a gay character. And they introduce it, but to them, it's like, it's just like if it was a black character. Okay, well, black people are black and gay people are gay, right? But in a real sense, being black isn't a sin. Being black isn't a lifestyle choice or, you know, at, at the very least, something that is a sinful thing that we are maybe get at birth, you know, like some people are just born and, and they're really good at stealing things or really good at lying or deceit or whatever. Mm. And, you know, at the very least, we're very good at making idols for ourselves mm. and that's our sin, you know, but we don't, being black isn't a sin. Right. So when they equate it with that and then just move on from there, they don't understand that, being black has nothing to do with sexuality. Right. Homosexuality, because it's in the word, <laughs> it has to do with it. And it immediately makes this hypersexualized. And you you have to ask the questions, you have to tell the the reality of it. You have to make the apologies, you know, if you want to introduce this to someone. And it just makes it this whole big ball of wax where now what do you do? You know, it's just it's it seems ridiculous that it has to go to that point, because instead of this idealized universe, it's just this nitty gritty universe where, you know, it's 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 the the Watchmen or uh, Dark Knight. Well, and that's the way comics have been trending since the 80s. They wanted more realism. Right. Make it a more believable world. And and that's the. That's the problem that DC ran into with the New 52 because they wanted it to be everybody's cynical and we're just going to tell, you know, portray the world as it is or try to as much as we can. And and they just took out all the optimism, all the hope, all the the aspiration to be, you know, and I, you know, to have the ideal of what of what we we should be like as people, as human beings. And they just took it all away and, and people responded negatively to it. And so that's why they're they're kinda turning around here with this new DC rebirth thing that's going on. Yeah. Anyway, Steve, do you have another uh, property? I've got one more. And then I think I, I, I'm I, I, done. One more. Okay. This is something that I, I learned later on after I had it was almost like a, a gotcha man type thing, but um, if you go back to the original version of Lost in Space, and the real original version, the pilot, um, there was no Dr. Smith. And they re- reshot it a little bit. They, they added the doctor. They added the robot. And this doctor was, was evil. This doctor didn't want this family to survive, but he had to keep them alive at least long enough for him to survive. And it was this, this malevolent character. And like, I think most of the first season, it sort of followed that where you could see that he was manipulating and, and being sly and doing things underhanded and everything was to further his goal of, you know, getting that family dead 
but still, because he has to rely on them to get back, he needs to have that balance. And it was really interesting. And then in the later series, it's just he's incompetent and he's just selfish and he's a coward. And all this really interesting character development is just comicalized. It's, mm. it's just it's now it's just played for for comedy, um, and it's sort of sad because that character you don't you don't see that much on TV, especially in a continuing character, um, and you had that in that first that first season. So it was, it was kind of sad that you know they redid the pilot episode to include this character, and then just weeded it out. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I've got one more, and uh, it is one of my favorite comic book characters, uh, and it's a, it's a more obscure character. It's uh, Cassandra Kane Batgirl. Have you read anything with her in it? Very little. Okay. Well, basically, they brought her in to replace Barbara Gordon as Batgirl because uh, we all know the famous story of how the Joker came and shot Barbara Gordon, the original Batgirl, and... Uh, severed her spinal cord and so she's put in a wheelchair and so they brought in this new girl to be Batgirl and she's a really cool character I think she's one of the I think her origin story is just a really cool origin story it's not necessarily a very nice origin story but it's it's a it gave her some cool stuff so she was raised by a master assassin who actually trained Batman for a time until Batman uh you know asked Batman to kill people and Batman's like no I'm getting out of here and uh so this master assassin, basically, he had a child with this woman, and he took the child and raised her in a way that instead of teaching her to speak, uh, he taught her lethal uh, martial arts. And so the language centers of her brain growing up were used to fill you know, fighting techniques. And so she can... She can't speak, but she can like, or or really communicate verbally in any way. But she can use, or she can look at your body, and ba- and she can like read your body language, and so she kind of knows what you're gonna do before, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like she almost has like almost has precognitive ability in a fight, because of this. At like 15 years old, she can take Batman. She can beat him flat out in a fight. Yeah, in a fight. So she's pretty awesome. Uh, eventually, he you know, used her to, as a little girl to assassinate somebody. And when she actually killed somebody for the first time, she realized what he had been training her to do. And she's like, ugh. So she bolted out of there. Eventually, she ends up in the company of Batman. And because of her skill level, he lets her become Batgirl. And because she wants to, you know, she was seeking redemption for what she did, even though it was kind of like a, she didn't even know what she was doing at the time. So, so yeah, she's she was a cool character. I've got I've read a lot of her series, and just the the she's got some great character development. Um, and I really I identify I identify with her a lot because you know she's she's got a shady past. But she recognizes that she's turning away from it, and she is attempting to, you know, live on the righteous path, which is what God calls us to do—to, re- to, you know, confess our sins and to repent. And Him helping us, we we become more like Jesus. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not saying she's a Christian, but it's a cool metaphor. <laughs> it's a cool metaphor for, uh, you know, that I can identify with. Mm-hmm. And like I said, her origin story and her power set, she didn't really have a power set, but she's just really awesome as a character. A cool superhero. So you're getting all this. You're getting all this great character development. She's growing in her relationships with people. She's learning how to talk. She's bettering herself, all this stuff. Then, inexplicably, a new writer gets a hold of the series and just decides, let's make her evil. <laughs> Literally. Let's just let's just turn her into a bad guy and have her be a bad guy for Robin. And she just turns evil, goes back on everything she has learned, all the vows she's taken against killing, every relationship she had with Barbara Gordon, with Batman, with Robin, everybody, turns against them and just decides to be the leader of the League of Assassins and kills lots of people. Wow. It was ridiculous. And I read up on this, and it was just like a haphazard, oh, whatever, let's just do it, that sort of decision in the in the writer's room because of this new writer who came in and did it. And he didn't really have a good reason for it. He's just like, whatever, she'd be a cool villain. And, you know, she's she's a more obscure character, but she had her own comic series that ran for, like, 80 issues or something. So there's some popularity to the character. And apparently there's a big fan uproar. I wasn't around for any of this. I just recently, like a couple months ago, read the comics where she turned evil. I didn't even know about it. And so, yeah, I mean, that was another one that just kind of – I was betrayed. Betrayed by DC Comics again. Um, wow. So, yeah. You mentioned another thing that I, I had forgotten about that that I have that same sense of betrayal too is is the the, the Batgirl character. Barbara. When, yeah, when uh, when Joker shot this was a Killing Joke, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that whole that whole thing. I don't think uh, I, it, it, it was. If that's in continuity, it is. Which I think it, it's just I don't. I don't know. It, it's it's. I don't like the way that they they just ended Barbara Gordon, you know, shooting her through the s- spine like that. Um, I thought the Batgirl character had much more to give than just you know what had been up to that point. Um, I didn't like the portrayal of Batman. I didn't like the portrayal of, of Joker. It was just well, too far gone. It's Alan Moore, so whatever. Yeah, Alan Moore. Gosh, <laughs> yeah. don't don't get me started on Alan Moore, but. Um, yeah, it, it was just too much of that. And just, I'm sorry, no. <laughs> so that, that's another one of those. I, I didn't mind the twist with, with Barbara and, and changing up her character. They've, they've since brought her back, but she, like like I said, Cassandra Kane is my favorite bad girl. Um, I think, just think she's a more interesting character. Um, and, okay, and so since then, they've, they've tried to, because of the fan outcry, apparently, they tried to, rectify their mistake and steer Cassandra's ship back towards the path of the righteous and they they ultimately ended up with when they ended the continuity of the the previous DC universe they 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 had her back in a good spot but like i said like just like with Captain America even though they're going to turn it back around eventually it kind of like taints the character in I guess it doesn't taint the character because there's there's forgiveness for everybody. Let's just be honest. No matter how many times you mess up, there's forgiveness. God calls us to forgive, and he forgives us. It's just I really like what they were doing with the character, and then they kind of just went back on everything, defying every piece of character development that had been done. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that type of thing where, yes, there's forgiveness, but 
in another sense, you're like, can anything stay static? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if Captain America can be a Hydra agent from the beginning, if Bucky can come back, it's just like, well, it spooks you. I, I was spooked. I was reading a comic the other day and it was two female characters and they were getting a little too friendly. And because of the core thing with the with the last airbender, I'm getting spooked. I'm like, oh no, oh no, yeah. are they doing it again? Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. And it turned out to be fine. It was, <laughs> a, it was actually it was actually with uh, it was in the Convergence series, and they had an issue with Cassandra Cain, and it was with her and another uh, female superhero. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was getting mad all over again because they finally got her back on the good path, and now. Ugh, um. Anyway, Sad. but it, it turned out to be fine. But it spooked. Right. It spooked me because of what had happened with uh, the character from the Last Airbender. <laughs> anyway, okay. I think we should wrap it up here, unless you got something else you want to throw in there, Steve. Oh, I think you know. I think at this point, I'd like to hear what the the listeners have to throw onto the the pyre. <laughs> we can. Uh, I'd love to have a follow up episode where you know we we uh, we dig into the uh, what the listeners come up with oh yeah send in your feedback because we want to talk right. about it all right steve let's uh let's wrap things up you got any last final words you want to say um star wars episode one okay don't don't even write in with <laughs> that it's just yes it, that we we understand it but yeah okay anakin skywalker yes all right done <sighs> okay glad that's off our chest Right. And uh, I, I don't have anything else to add, but send in your feedback, guys. We want to talk about it. And uh, looking forward to to doing more episodes. This is fun. Love love being able to have these conversations. Yeah, this is a good one. So, all right. I can't say Ben's catchphrase because if he's if we say it, he's just gonna you know splice it in here at the end again. He's like, just like that, like he did last time. So, um, yeah, he ultimately has final editing rights on this thing, but. Uh, but I'm in charge for now. But when right. I send it, when I send it off to him, he's just gonna override me and and uh, put that in there. So I guess what we need to say is muchas gracias for hearing our voices, and may the Lord quickly move you on your way. <laughs> You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David. Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jay Samuel. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at Strange and Alien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening.